Hey there, Anna Guest Jelly here. Welcome to Love Curvy Yoga, the podcast where we talk about and practice all things body affirming and yoga. Now let's get into it. Welcome. Sorry about the sound the past few episodes. I hadn't heard it when I was listening back, but a kind listener let me know. (laughs) And then when I dug into it, I heard that there was a kind of a low buzz. So turns out it was not my microphone. It was my computer, which is on the fritz. So that's fun. (laughs) But hopefully this will be better. Um, Today, I want to talk about letting yourself know what you know. And I don't know, that might seem a bit esoterically worded. So I wanted to explain a little bit. I don't know about you, but I have spent most of my life overriding what I knew to be true in my gut in order to make other people happy, get quote unquote ahead, be seen as worthy, mostly to myself. You know, for a long time, I felt like everything that I did was not enough, not worthy, because of my weight. So I really tried to prove my worth through doing things. And, you know, there's so many different examples of times that I overrode my gut. And for me, there have been tons of times that I moved ahead on something. So for me, this usually happens with saying yes too much. Um, But, you know, the opposite could be true for you. Who knows? Um, But there have been so many things that I moved ahead on, even though a part of me, at least a little part of me, but often a big part of me, um, knew that it wasn't right. And then I later regretted it. I would say one of my biggest examples was with my yoga studio in Nashville that was open for a year. I knew when all of those wheels were getting into motion that I was moving too quickly, that I really wasn't in a reasonable price range But I just kept pushing those thoughts down with, quote unquote, I don't know, this might be an episode with a lot of air quotes, (laughs) with positive thinking. So I could never really let those doubts come to the surface, much less articulate them out loud. I, this is so funny, I came up with spreadsheet after spreadsheet, convincing myself how it could work if every single thing aligned magically. Of course, as you may know or guess, that did not happen. (laughs) We closed after a year because it would just um, cost so much money and ran up so much debt. And I don't have like an investor or a trust fund or family money (laughs) or anything like that. Now, this isn't to say that I regret this decision. Um, Though I probably could have spared myself some pain and certainly lots of money, that was also a really beautiful year and I met some wonderful people who I am still connected with and I'm really grateful for. So this isn't to say that anytime you ignore those inklings is going to like end in utter disaster or anything. I would say that what I have found though is that the more I listen to these knowings, the better things seem to go overall. 
I very much think about this, like I think about both yoga and body acceptance, surprise, surprise, um, that neither of them are going to happen all of the time without fail. And I think the same thing is true for this. So things happen and I don't practice yoga or negative thoughts show up about my body or just whatever. And the same is true here. Sometimes my knowing feels clouded or I don't let myself feel it fully or I think it's not there or this one's very common for me. I make a snap decision without checking in. This really is not about being perfect because there's no way to even be perfect in that context. We're like not in that framework at all. Um, And if you listen to an earlier episode last season, I talked about how I think the idea of perfect and imperfect is like, it should just all be thrown away. Um, That's not really how life works, but um, I digress. You can listen back to that if you want to. What we're talking about is really about being in conversation with yourself and it's not possible for that to be anything but an ongoing conversation. And one of the reasons I think this is such an important conversation for us to be having is that I know in my own experience as a fat woman that there are so many messages that tell me that my knowing my body cannot be trusted. I think that's another reason why it's been so hard for me to come to this place of being connected with my gut, my intuition, my knowing, whatever you want to call it, because I doubted it and didn't think it was trustworthy, honestly, for the majority of my life. So I think it's so important for us to be able to reclaim our inner knowing, our inner wisdom as we continue these practices of both yoga and body acceptance, because it is radical. I almost said a cuss word. I try not to cuss on this podcast, but it's really radical to claim your knowing, to not let other people tell you what you know or you don't know or what's true or not true, but to really weigh it against your own experience, your own judgment. And I think this is one of the ways that we take back our bodies and our autonomy and all of these things help us to really show up more in our lives and our communities and the change we want to see and whatever ways are relevant for your life there is so much power in reclaiming your own power essentially I think this is a huge source of our individual power so with that being said here are Some of the things that I've noticed help me let myself know what I know because we have to sort of know how to know it. (laughs) I'm trying not to say the word know so often, but um, there's sort of two parts. It's like number one, um, letting yourself know it, and number two, knowing how to know it, or maybe those are reversed. But let's just get into some examples. (laughs) I just stop saying no so often. Um, The first part thing I wanted to mention here is being willing to wait. I say that with some hesitation because I know that we often do not like to do that. But for me, this is so huge. So if someone asks me to do something, um, and I'm not necessarily talking about like meeting up for 
coffee or something, though maybe um, I wouldn't not apply it in that situation. But kind of longer term or bigger commitments, I try now to force myself to wait and not make an immediate decision because my default immediate decision is to say yes because I have the people pleasing gene (laughs) big time and I'm like yeah that sounds great or even if I don't feel like I necessarily want to do it I feel like I should and then the more time that goes by the more I'm like dreading whatever that thing is there used to be so many times where I would say yes to these things and that like I did it so, so, so much <laughs> that I would often get sick when that thing came around or I would be kind of paralyzed and need to bow out because I just, it was just too much for my nervous system. I really kind of needed like a mental health reset day and through learning and doing things like being willing to wait. I don't really do that anymore, um, which is a relief because I want to be able to follow through on my commitments. And it's much easier to do that when I haven't made 100 million commitments and many of which I didn't actually want to make in the first place. Um, So I think it can be really helpful to have a little script that you use. Um, And I read somewhere recently, I can't remember where, if I find it, I'll link it in the show notes, where somebody said that they will use the phrase, I have a policy that, fill in the blank, a personal policy. And there's something about having a policy that sounds really official, that when other people hear it, they're just like, oh, okay, well, you have this policy that makes sense. (laughs) Whereas if you were like, oh, you know, I don't, I don't know, or I don't really want to, you're like a little more wishy-washy than people are maybe less willing to accept it or they might push you a little bit more. So um, an example might be something like, oh, thank you for the opportunity. I have a policy that I always think about requests like this first so I can make sure I can fully commit. I will get back to you in X days or weeks, you know, however long you feel like you need and what the timeline of the request is, um, and then honoring that getting back. Giving myself that space to wait is still a bit uncomfortable for me, though I'm more comfortable with it than I used to be for sure. And I cannot tell you how much clarity I gain, how much easier it is for me to know what's a true yes and what's a no that I would have said yes to but actually wouldn't be a good fit when I just give myself a little bit of time. And the same thing is true for things like purchases. I'm sure you've heard this before, but when I give myself just a little time to see, do I still want this thing? Does it still make sense? Um, I find that I'm spending way less on, you know, nonsense that I don't need in general. So another thing that's been helpful for me is having a way to reflect. So in that space I've created to respond clearly with waiting Um, sometimes just the time alone is enough, but other times I feel like I need a little more clarity. So then I might, you know, I'm a journaler, so (laughs) that's what I like to do. But, you know, I know many people are not into journaling, so you might 
do your yoga practice or talk to somebody or go for a walk, you know, whatever helps you to process. The next thing is making a note of your signals. And this could be an actual note. You might know from previous episodes, I think I've talked about this on the podcast, I have a bunch of personal Google Docs for things like when I am feeling anxious, I should do fill in the blank. And I go to this Google Doc that has like, you know, a number of different things that help me when I'm feeling that way. Because I find that when I'm feeling a particular way, like anxious, it's often hard to remember that I have any resources, um, much less, you know, what they are. So I might uh, have a Google Doc, uh, and I do actually, about what helps me to know what I know. So as you attune to your knowing, and I'm sure you may already know many of these signals or have an inkling what yours are, you just slowly start to notice them. And for many of us, that might be a pit in the stomach. You know, we have that as a phrase in our culture. Um, I tend to feel it in my stomach and also in my heart. Um, Other people might notice signs like a word or a phrase that keeps popping up or, you know, anything like that. And it doesn't really matter how, like what your signals are. It's mostly about noticing what shows up for you so that you can recognize it more quickly. Um, I have really learned a lot about this from Brene Brown over the years. And one of the biggest things I learned from her is how just incredibly powerful it is to recognize the physical symptoms of shame because shame is not a feeling that we often let ourselves feel, acknowledge, articulate. All we know is that we feel horrible and we are most likely blaming ourselves, criticizing ourselves, feeling like we're the absolute worst. Whereas when we feel those feelings and we know they're shame, then we can say, oh, I'm feeling shame. And then what that lets you do is move the feeling more quickly, number one, because you're not hiding from it. And then number two, do what you need to do to address it. So if you want to know more about that, you should, you know, check out Brene Brown's TED Talks or all of her books. I found out recently that my sister hadn't read any Brene Brown books and I was horrified that someone in my family would not know about her. And I sent her the first um, of Brene Brown's books and I was like, watch the TED Talks, read this book, let me know, then let's move on to the next book. I can be like that with my sister. With you, you know, make your choices. But <laughs> I think it's helpful. So with feeling the physical symptoms of shame for me, I feel this flush of heat that usually goes from my head to my feet. It's really fast. Uh, my heart usually starts beating fast. It's almost like a moment of tunnel vision. Like everything around me gets really still and quiet, but not in a good way. <laughs> It's like that's all I can focus on. So when I feel especially that flush of heat, I'm like, oh gosh, here's shame. Okay, now let me get into my tools. So I'm giving this example of shame because it's an example of how when you know your signals, it's easier to work with whatever's going on. So in this case of what we're talking about, when you start to know your signals of 
your knowing, whether something's a confirmation, like a yes, or a maybe, or a no, I think there's different signals for all of those things, then it's easier for you to respond because you're like, oh, hang on, I'm feeling that no feeling, or ooh, this feels like such a yes, and then that can kind of give you some direction. So related to that, and I kind of touched on this earlier, so circling back is just remembering that this is really a practice. So there's still going to be so many times, (laughs) um, at least there are so many times for me where I override my knowing, I'm distracted from it, whatever. Um, But having these signals, building in the time, reflecting, I feel like I'm just getting, you know, closer and closer over time to being in sync with what's true for me. And that really feels like how I want to be living. It feels like something that has 100% grown out of my yoga practice and my body acceptance practice. So it's just another layer of that trust. Okay, let's close with one breath together. We'll inhale. And exhale. The light in me honors the light in you. Namaste. Thanks for listening to Love Curvy Yoga. You can find more information about this podcast and all things Curvy Yoga at curvyyoga.com. If you love the show, please share it or even review it in iTunes. Both help us get the word out that yoga is a way to come home to your body and yourself exactly as you are today. Have a great day and curve on. Thank you.